Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing His Mistress by Morning by Elizabeth Boyle. This is the first in the tragically unfinished Marlowe series and was published in 2006. So we're going back a few years here, but we are. Basically, Lane, you may remember from one of our podcasts a few months ago, Lane mentioned that she was just in the mood for fluff. She just wanted fluff. She didn't care about character development. She didn't care about historical accuracy. She didn't care about plot. I and wanted I, sexy fluff yes. because we were in the middle of Christmas and I was watching a ton of like sexless made-for-TV Christmas movies and the novellas clearly weren't delivering on the full. Yes. So I searched my memory and I thought, I know a piece of 100% grade A fluff and that is His Mistress by Morning. And it delivered, you guys. I'm going to be completely honest and upfront about this. There might have been a day where I read this and didn't like it. The plot makes no sense. Yeah. But this is exactly what I've been in the mood for. Yeah. So like, I will totally admit my own bias. I wanted something that was just really sexy, really light, minimal angst, minimal plot and character development, just like a good friggin' time yeah. with a lot of sex. And that's all this book is. Yeah, but it, it really is fun. I would say it's unique as well, so I will get there. I definitely don't think I've read anything like it, yeah. and I apparently am a sucker for a slightly magical element yes. that is not explained in the slightest. No, no, there's no explanation at all, and I did not care. Uh, so, do you want to get us started? When a promised inheritance turns out to be a fraud, shy spinster Charlotte Wilmot makes an impetuous wish that despite her lack of charm and fortune, she could capture the heart of the one man whom she's forever adored, Sebastian Viscount Trent. Be careful what you wish for. With that utterance, Charlotte awakens shocked to find herself entwined with her beloved Sebastian. But the respectable man she knew is now a most rakish devil, and she is well, by some inexplicable magic, London's most infamous mistress. Even passion comes at a price. Being the scandalous Lottie Townsend affords Charlotte unimaginable passionate nights with Sebastian, endless days of shopping and adoring fans. But all too soon, Charlotte finds that being one man's mistress isn't the same as being his wife. Yet if she returns to her old, respectable life, can Charlotte trust there will be enough magic left to recapture Sebastian's heart and reawaken his rakish desires? <laughs> Look, that is this book. That is, there you go. Excellent, excellent this book jacket. Very excellent good. book jacket. Very good. I also love, like I, I just love how they're like, hey, she's, she has unimaginable passionate nights, endless days of shopping, <laughs> and adoring fans. I mean, this is a fantasy. Yup. I mean, it's great. <laughs> and there is, a, the first trope is in the summary, the be careful what you wish for. Oh, 100%. You know, clearly she's getting everything she wished for to the letter. But is it all what it seems? Is there a downside? So this is this the monkey's paw? Probably. Okay. Probably. So, right. uh, as usual, we generated our own random number summary. And this episode, it's 30 words. Meg, take it away. If you watched Run, Lola, Run and thought it would be really cool translated to Regency England with a ton of sex then this book might be for you. Yes. A wish made unknowingly while wearing a magic ring makes your wish come true, but in the genie way. Luckily, the negative consequences are fine if you're sexing a hottie. Hey. 
I got it. I got you. Got yeah. You. I got you, girl. Um, so, yeah. First, as we mentioned, first trope, be careful what you wish for. Was Every it, wish comes at a price. Yes. There's always a cost. It's all in there. We also have a fairy godmother. Yes. And the fairy godmother is a little subverted. A little, She's, yeah. Okay. I'm really sad this uh, quad probably would have been a... I think it was going to be four books. Four. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm really sad this series wasn't finished because... Quince is the fairy godmother figure, and she somehow seems tied to this ring. Yeah. And where she's kind of obligated to grit the wishes, but maybe not. It's but maybe not. They need the ring back for some reason. We don't... This It's not explained at all. And you Quince can imagine is, it would have arced over the right. whole series. And Quince is being followed by this dude whose name is escaping my mind right now. But he it's revealed at the very end of the book was her husband and it sort of employed this implied that this magic ring was her wedding ring. Right. And so he makes passing references to the fact that she like caused the hundred years war. Yeah. <laughs> like granting wishes. He was like, it was only supposed to be five years. And she was like, sorry. And it seems like each person only gets one wish. One wish. Then the ring is on their hands until the wish is fulfilled. Like, you, like the wish has to somehow be fulfilled. Oh, I don't. Here's the thing. It's not really explained. You have no. We we have really no idea what the plot is. Like maybe it was supposed. Maybe but then you have basically, to fall in love. once the ring has fallen off due to whatever, the goal is that in theory is that Quince and this mystery man want to find the ring before the next person puts right. it on and makes a wish. Right. We, I mean, apparently the fate of the world is in jeopardy. Who knows? Maybe the fate of fairy worlds. I, I don't know. And one of the other tropes that ties into that is the butterfly effect. Yeah. Because when Charlotte gets transported to this alternate universe where she's an infamous mistress named Lottie, she's a lot of the bones of the life are the same, right. including some secrets she didn't know as Charlotte. She discovers as Lottie, and they are true back in the real world. Yeah. And so she learns one of the biggest differences between the two universes is the scandal surrounding her birth. Right. That if a different choice had been accepted... Then then this alternate reality could have... Could have come to pass. But a lot of other people in it are different. A lot of that other wouldn't have been affected by that one change. This is where you just gotta like let it be. They well, don't this, try to over-explain the magic, which is nice. I mean, that's totally fine with me, especially yeah. in again, if you are expecting a really deeply explained and amazing world building in this book, that you're not gonna get it. But Some if things you, are deep, but it's not that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, so this is this is kind of why I said it was similar to Run Lola Run. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. I haven't actually. Okay, so she uh, there are alternate timelines. It happens several times, and in each of the timelines, you get a glimpse of some secondary characters' futures, which mm. are completely different each time. But there's no explanation why. Have you seen Sliding Doors? Yes. Anything like that? Like there's it's it's okay. not exactly, but some I mean similar, okay. but not exactly. Okay. So, and, and this is similar to Ren and in that she kind of learns things over the right. Christmas. It's like Groundhog Day mm, more mm. than alternate realities. 12 Dates of Christmas. Okay, maybe. The t- made-for-TV Christmas <laughs> film. Or, um, oh, Before I Fall by Lauren Olivier. Okay, but that's those the, are possible. Um, 12 Dates of Christmas, highly recommend. Before I Fall is an angsty young adult book. Okay. Anyway. Uh, keep that in there. Okay, one of the tropes I love is that confidence in a new dress will get you anything. 
I am totally a person who believes that like dressing from the skin out and like feeling good at every level mm -hmm. and like the day your hair falls right. Like yeah. that's the difference between Charlotte and Lottie in a yeah, lot of ways. It is. It really is. And so I did part of the preparation I do when I take my notes is I want to see like what other people have said. So I did check out some. Oh, I don't ideas. do any of that. Yeah, I, I do. So I look to see and, and it was very interesting because a lot of people were like, look, there was no character development. There was nothing of this. This was unrealistic. And I was like, well, I mean, yes, these are all valid criticisms. But that's not what this book is for. Right. You know, someone was like, it just seemed like she came back to her real life and just changed herself to be for Sebastian. I was like, well, kind it's like of, walking, but not really. It's like watching a it's Jason Statham movie yeah. and being pissed that it's not an Oscar contender. It's exactly. Like, then why did you go see an action movie? Exactly. But anyway, yeah, so I talked about this already. Lane wanted fluff. This is fluff. Very sexy fluff. Ooh, one second. There's there's a couple tropes though. Oh, oh, sorry. I missed the trope. Sebastian's her best friend's brother. Best friend's brother. Always a trope. Mm -hmm. And he in Charlotte's life comes from a big eccentric family that has like fertility statues yes, yes. filling their house. And his father's always absent exploring the world. Yes. So I think it's interesting because Sebastian's character is one of the ones that changes the most between the two right. worlds. And uh, if you are into Freud at all, I, I think that in alternate world, it's like his id. In normal world, it's his superego, and she helps him find the ego. Right. And so if you want to get all psychological on okay. this, which you don't want to think that which part you about don't, this book, but I, I, I like id super ego ego yes and if you think of it that way i feel like it's a little more consistent character wise but when his super ego is dominating yes. in charlotte's world he's totally the like boring exterior yes. with a burning passion at his, yes. at his core exactly exactly that's ex that is 100 exactly what i'm talking about yeah so this is fluff this is fluff this is fluff it was so good it yeah. was exactly what i wanted as meg said Nothing happens. Yeah, no. I mean, she falls in love with Sebastian. She gets Sebastian in the end. That's what happens in this book. Um, some stuff happens in the middle. Yeah. Has been desperately in love with her best friend's brother forever. And her best friend and her best friend's mother know it and just don't get it. Yeah. Like, they both think that Sebastian is, like, boring as hell. Yeah. And Lottie is, for all that she is respectable, like, too cool for him. But yeah. Lottie is not cool at all, so it's hilarious. But I also like how they... See, they, if, if Sebastian's going to marry someone, he should marry Lottie, cause the, Charlotte, Charlotte, because they like Charlotte. And so they keep trying to, they're, to get them together. Right. Sebastian notices none of it. And it's hilarious because Sebastian in Charlotte's world is courting an heiress. And his family is so pissed at him. Yes. They're like, I understand that you're courting an heiress because we need money, but like your life's going to be boring. And why this one, basically? Right. They're like, <laughs> she's you the worst. They're like, yeah, we know we're poor. Don't marry for money. Yeah. Just marry for love. It. Yeah. Duh. I mean, it's great. And the, to counter that, not only is Sebastian very changed in the alternate universe, but his family is very yeah. much pushing him yeah. to wed for money because they are not eccentrics. They're boring and staid and like exactly. paragons of good society. Yeah. And in, so instead of being poor because the father is out exploring the world, they are poor because the father just hosts lots of shooting parties at his house. And, and he's like a drunk gambler exactly. wastrel. 
So yeah, like like the book jacket says, what happens in this book? Charlotte's super in love with Sebastian. She gets a magic ring somehow, not unexplained. No, it's not unexplained. I mean, it's explained, but we so don't know why it's she, a magic ring. There is this little element of plot in the beginning, little, where Charlotte, who she and her mother live with an aging aunt, mm -hmm. and the three of them are not very well off at all, but they are good society. Right. Um, often overlooked, often not invited to the coolest parties, but like respectable. Charlotte is told she's getting this great inheritance from a distant cousin, and it turns out the inheritance is just this, this ring. ring. There's no money, there's no other. Yeah. So she gets this ring. Yeah. What's unexplained is how this person got a magical ring. Oh, yeah, no, no idea. No idea. So she puts on the ring, she's wearing it around, and she walks outside and she sees Sebastian. On his way to court, yeah, ladyface, and she says, "Oh, I wish that I could be the woman that he loves." Which anyone who knows anything about genies and wishes knows that is an awful wish. It's a pretty bad way to to phrase your wish. Yeah. Now, granted, she doesn't know she's wearing a magic ring and making a wish. Yeah. So you cannot blame. So her you for can't it. blame her for her poor wording, but like, you can imagine the disasters that are about to befall right. her. So she goes home, takes a little nap. And when she wakes up, she is naked in bed with Sebastian. Immediately. Yeah. Done. Like, boom, comes to nude. He's there. They're going at it. Yeah. They're like making out and she's like, I shouldn't want this to happen, but I really want this to happen. What do I do? And like, I am confused. Yeah. Because nothing about any choice I have made in my life or the actions that were occurring right before I went to bed would lead me to believe I would end up here. This isn't even my room. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. This isn't his room. This isn't his house. This is my house. This isn't a dream either because this is, it might be a dream, but it's not. This is weird. So anyway. It's perfect. It's great. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you might wait. think we're complaining about this. No. You no, don't have no. to wait around for the characters to figure out they like each uh -huh. other. You don't have to. Nothing. No. Nothing. They're good. It's great. The three chapters in, two characters who previously barely actually knew each other are mid-coitus. Yeah. It's great. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we were very, very pleased with it. Yeah. Um, it takes her, like, one day. Literally one day. To get used to her life as a courtesan. Yeah. Like, she, she's shocked. Her, her aunt is with her, um, but she, so her aunt is like a... Uh, uh, an older courtesan mm -hmm. who lives in the house with her and she's like this is weird I wonder what happened to my mom but mm, whatever mm. Um, she goes out and does some courtesan stuff like posing nude for a painting going to the races appearing in the opera box of a well-known rake yeah stuff like that and then at the end of the day Sebastian comes over to her house and they do it no hesitation on her part yeah Nope. She's like, maybe I should be nervous, but you know what? I'm not a virgin in this life, so... Lottie definitely did it. So, cool. And she does... Like, she's uncomfortable with posing nude. She does leave and refuse to do it in that day, even though there's already a nude painting of her hanging in her own house. Um, and apparently also all over Tom. Oh, also, can I tell you what? I, one of the things I really liked? Mm -hmm. So she wakes up. She's in this room. She doesn't know what it is. She sees a picture of this beautiful woman naked on the on the wall and she's like who is that and she's Looks like familiar she's like wait a minute and she mm -hmm. goes in front of the mirror and instead of just being like yeah that's my face she actually like opens up her dressing gown and she's like oh my god it's it is me <laughs> <laughs> it was great it was great i it was really great. liked it, it. <laughs> so um Lottie also like really enjoys 
she's ashamed to not be good society because the way Charlotte was raised in real right. life, she's this is such a departure. She knows what she's lost in some ways and what that respectability means in a way that Lottie clearly didn't. Right. Lottie is much more mercenary than Charlotte yes. because she's had to be. Yes. And so some of these changes are difficult for Charlotte, but ultimately she's got pretty clothes, spending money, and Sebastian. Yeah, and so, so she's like, yeah, there are some downsides, but the upsides are totally outweigh. And the fairy godmother figure appears right after she makes the wish, and Charlotte's a little bit regretful. She's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I'm, I'm a fallen woman. Mm-hmm. And Quince is just like, girl, this is what you wanted. Get used deal with to it. it. And then you find out that there is a way for Charlotte to undo the rich and wish, and Quince just didn't tell her. Yeah, <laughs> because... But- my favorite part is when Quince goes to tell her there's a way for you to undo the wish. Later, she's and Lottie's like, "No, no, no, I'm cool." <laughs> like, Sebastian and I are great. This is fine. We are betting on horses, and he's breaking into the British Museum. And I actually read the author's note. Whoa! Because it's about the British Museum. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you want well, and dresses? It was about dresses. Too, it was so. about dresses in yeah. the British Museum. So like, what do you want from me? Yeah. I um, mean, I, I don't. There's really no plot, so I don't think we have to get into it. I'll say there's a little bit of contrived angst. Yeah. Because she she has to want to go back to her real life, otherwise. And she, there's no point for the book. She only decides to go back to her real life when she realizes that being his mistress is never enough and is not good for either of them. Right. Because she's giving up, like, men who can actually support her life. Yes. And he's giving up uh, everything in his, like, his family yeah. hates him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, gonna, they're gonna go to the poorhouse and blah, um, blah, blah. Yeah, I, Yeah. So, um, of course, then she gets back to her real life. Right, because she's like, you know what? It was worth it when I could have him, but now recognizing that was fleeting. Yeah. Let's win him in this world where we're both respectable. Yeah, so she's back to real life, and she's like, okay. But the ring has not fallen off. No, the ring is still in her And finger. when she wakes up in bed, the diamond necklace that a quarter... Uh, a courtier in her mistress life is randomly in her bed. Yeah. Because plot... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no reason. Okay, so the one way I would have changed this book to make it slightly better would have been that she earned the money not from the necklace, but from going to the races and betting on the horse. Because she knew which horse was going to win. But the problem was there was that weird time. Well, that could have worked, but would she have bet enough? And in this life, Sebastian's not the kind of guy who goes to the races, so is the horse even going to be there? Because what was the butterfly effect? I know, I know. But I'm just saying, that that was the one thing. The one thing I would have changed, honestly. Yeah. um, She does find a way to make them all money, though. Don't worry, based on her knowledge from her. Don't worry. Don't worry. We have the Back to the Future thing here. To make the immediate changes she knows she needs to make, like not dressing like a dumpster on fire. (laughs) She does need some cash, and she gets it through this necklace that somehow transported itself through time and space. Yeah. Um, Which, whatever. I mean, it's magic, so I'm not complaining. But she's like, all right, I got the money from this necklace. I can lie and say I actually did get some inheritance from that weird aunt Mm -hmm. to everyone but my mom and my aunt. Yeah. So let's do this. I'm going to go sell this thing. So she does. The first thing, one of the things I just love about this book, too, is the first thing she does after she gets the money from the necklace is I'm buying this hot dress. And it's the hot dress that Lottie the court- the courtesan owned. Of course. Of course. It's they were the like, I don't dress. know, someone ordered it and then... She left town. Left town, so I it's guess very it's... very unclear. Oh my gosh, it fits you perfectly. How much of the alternate <laughs> reality and reality are the same? Yeah. Like, very unclear. But it was, I mean, it was great. I loved it. I loved, she sells it, she has all this money, and then she's like, I'm buying a dress. And she learns to start taking chances with him. Yes. Because she needs to, like, make him... So this is one of the things that made no sense, but I yeah, loved it. Yeah, this didn't Basically, it, she comes back to the present after unwishing it, still wearing the ring, and Quince tells her, like, girl, 
you have everything you need to seduce him. You guys are the same people. That was just an alternate universe. Like you could be that in love, but you only have two weeks. Yeah, I don't know why there was the two why? weeks. Why? That was like, weird. Either they're compatible and into each other and like there's a way to make it work in any yeah. universe or they're not. Yeah. But she's like, he'll only sort of know he's into you for two weeks. Yeah. But <laughs> what I what I did like was that she did learn some lessons, some good lessons. Like how to flirt. Of criticism. Like, yeah, like how to flirt. Or again, we've talked about this a lot, but just confidence. Yeah. She basically has learned to be confident in herself. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's basically what she learned. Well, and I like that there is a little bit of, it was, this is the, she, you don't know you're beautiful, turn on his head because she learns, wait, I am beautiful. She goes back and she's like, I'm beautiful. There's a couple of elements to this too, though. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to talk about it. So one, it sort of exposes frivolity for what it was, which in a large part was like a way for a woman to be secure. Mm -hmm. Like jewels were something women throughout society coveted, throughout history coveted, not because they were vain, but because women couldn't have bank accounts or businesses. And one of the only ways women could actually hold personal wealth was through jewelry Mm -hmm. and like they even talk about the fact that her house was bought for her by a previous lover and his heirs are bitter that she was written into the will like she was depending on his good graces she didn't actually own any of it outright and so I think the fact that like her looks were her credit in a way and that valuing jewelry not just because it was pretty but because it was actually security it's not like deeply thought about clearly this is a very frivolous novel but i just sort of liked that it didn't shy away from acknowledging that her life was hard yes and that like a lot of the trappings of she like clothes and she like shoes she did but she also recognized the degree to which those things did allow her to maneuver in the world she lived yes. in. Well, I, I, yes, I think there are some tentative forays towards yeah. feminist thought. Um, so, for example, you make it sound so intellectual, <laughs> and this is like the sexiest, fluffiest book we can find. And you and I are both like, but the feminism, the, but the feminism. Look, and I'm not saying it's like super well developed, but yes, they have a huge fight, and the fight that makes her realize, wait, I cannot be a courtesan and, and be with Sebastian. Sebastian. Like, loving each other is not the issue. Right, right. The whole, you know, love is all we need. Actually, there's some other stuff going on. So, for example, why is her money any dirtier than his would have been if he married an heiress? Right. She did the same exact thing he would do. Had a intimate relationship with a man and got money from them. Same thing he would do, have an intimate relationship with a woman and get money from her. Right. But her money is somehow dirtier um, and would bring his family down in society. If they got married, he was like, well, we can get married, but I wouldn't use your money. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you would use my money to get your family out of debt. And he was like, well, if I did that, my family would be shamed beyond all recognition. Right. Like, they couldn't, we just couldn't do that. So, So, I agree. No, I really liked it. Um, I liked, we talked about the fact that this is not worried about being historically accurate. Yeah. Like, it's not quite paranormal or supernatural or, like, yeah. full ultra, but it's, there's clearly a magical element yes. with her being transported through time and space. Um, his brother is working on a time machine. Yes. So sad. You don't find out what happens with that. I know. I think um, it would have been the plot of the third book, but meh. Um, and, but, so there, you get kind of an excuse for it not being... For them not worrying about historical accuracy? So much, yeah. So, yeah, it's not exactly a 
paranormal romance. I wouldn't call it a paranormal romance, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not a straight historical. But I love that. I love the magical element. Yeah. Like, the, I am totally someone who, as an adult, still watches Disney movies. Oh, yeah. No, it's and great. Like, I dig that. Let's just admit it's all a fantasy yeah. and talk about taking it to the next level and, like, here's what you wish for. Exactly. No, it, I, I mean, it's great. And I like the, like the good karma. Yeah. Like in fairy tales. And and I like mythology. And yes. so like the little bit of, I'm like, I was interested in Quince and this like society of supernatural people yeah. who choose to. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting about the book too is that it's not until the she comes back into the real world that you get anything from Sebastian's viewpoint. Yeah. So the entire first two thirds, maybe even longer of the book are entirely from Charlotte slash Lottie's point of view. Right. So you get nothing from Sebastian. So this is... So alternate universe Sebastian's perspective is not something you're pretending Never. To. And it's really the experience of a woman, so a woman's experience, which I think is... Navigating first as an impoverished spinster yes. and then as a wealthy mistress. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. I think it's pretty fun for this kind of book too. Yes. For a book that is 100% fluff, it manages to also have some interesting ideas. But those interesting ideas are in the context of people having sex. Right. Yeah. Best. Yeah. So we don't get Sebastian until she disavows the wish. Uh, personally, I think it works. works yeah. Worked for me. I didn't need to know what Sebastian was thinking when she was learning how to be a courtesan. Well, and also, you know, you were getting fake Sebastian, right? Right. You were getting, like you said, his id Exactly. And so it was fun for the reader to get to see that side of him existed. Yes. And then only be in his perspective when he was suppressing that side of himself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was really fun. Like back in the, back in the real world, Sebastian would be like, Oh, I've never noticed her before, but she's, she's saucy. She's a little bit saucy. Like what's going on? This girl has barely spoken to me and now she's speaking back to me. Yeah. All right. That's that. That's I'm down. Um, it was just really, really, really fun. Okay. Um, yeah. Were you offended by anything? So there is a sexual harassment So theme. in Charlotte's real life, obviously Sebastian exists. Yes. Um, there is Rockhurst, the Earl of Rockhurst is someone she is aware of. And in fact, Sebastian's sister, her best friend, is in love with him. Yes. But this Lord Lyman character isn't really in her present life. No. And when she's Lottie, when she goes back into her like wish reality... He accosts her on the street, yes. like, violently. Violently. So first he, it's a sexual assault. So first he, like, gropes her. Yes. And then when she's like, get away from me, he he backhands her. Right, and she bleeds. And yeah. it was very violent and very unnecessary. I thought it was extremely unnecessary, especially for a total fluff book. Right. Like, and I like, didn't need that. In theory, it served the purpose of Sebastian coming to her rescue publicly in a way that maybe with her as his mistress he wouldn't have been able to but there would have been a better way to do that you without this like random sexual yeah. assault exactly. like it was it was not cool so really didn't need it um it's vi- look the sexual the sex scenes you could argue that when she wakes up in bed with him naked and she doesn't know who he is or where he is and he starts having sex with her that it borders on non-consensual but this uh, it, but it doesn't? I don't like, know. Here's, it's more of a, what, should I be offended by this or not? Right. No, I get that. I get what you're saying, that she's expressing doubts yes. that he is ignoring. But, and this is not, like, a defense, and clearly even no. if you're married, no means no, and, like, all this stuff. 
it just didn't bother me because I think it was more meant to be about the plot than yeah. about their dynamic. Like it was about yeah. to be this moment of like, holy shit, this is so shocking. Yes. I'm not just with him. I'm in bed with yes. him. Yeah. Like she wasn't a boast. No, I know. It was the thing. Uh, and like he woke, he went to bed with her. He woke up with her. This, like this may be the only time that I'm cool with the, she, she knows that she should say no, but you know, like but she doesn't want she knows, to. This might be a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not going to get Th- crazy worked thing. up. My over... question, I'm not saying it is offensive. My question is, should I be like, like, Oh yeah. No, questioning absolutely. myself. Should I'm a bad feminist. Cause I'm not. I'm yeah. a bad feminist. Exactly. And especially when you get into your next point, they have like hate sex on the staircase. Mm, I was here for it. It was like, really hot. It was really <laughs> hot. They were screaming at each other and ripping at each other. And I was just like, and like continuing to fight uh-huh. through the sex. And usually I hate that. But this was an alternate universe where you knew it, knew it was, wasn't the real characters. Yeah. And like I would hate it in real life. Like, yeah. Because it was really a fight about like them ending up together and her money and like all of these societal standards that should have been taken more seriously. But this was a magical fantasy life. Yeah. And so the fact that their response to both being bitter about their circumstances was to like fuck it out. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm here. Yeah. I'm ready. So in other words, sexiness, yeah, this book was real Oh my sexy. God, you guys, we all know this is what I wanted from this book when I asked Meg for a recommendation. <laughs> Meg knew what I was saying. We were not talking, there was no like code here. No, it was like, no. Sexy and fluffy. Um, it is so much sex. And like, she's a virgin as Charlotte. You're right. But as Lottie, she's, she's not. not. So you lose all of the angst of first time. She's oh. just like, I'm a seasoned She's like, She's like a this. little nervous about it. But she, so one of my favorite parts is someone was like, I heard he's really good at the French method. And she's like, ooh, that sounds kind of scary. And then, like, they do it. And FYI, he is expert in the French method. And she's like, she's like, I am she, moving she, to France. She also isn't even sure if that's the French method. Yeah. She's just like, this is great. If this is what they were talking about, then, then ooh la la. <laughs> I'm in. Um, they are, like, combustible. They have telepathic they, opera sex. But even when they're not, like, having telepathic sex. Like, he is jealous as hell. And it oh, yeah. bother me. Yeah, like, I know. There's all these stuff that I, all these stuffs, all these things that I normally really dislike. And, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I think a lot of it chalks up to the fact that it's alternate universe them. Yeah. Where, like, you know it's a no fantasy. rules apply. Yes. And so, like, he's hot-tempered and jealous. And part of what makes it sexy in this alternate universe is you know real him would yeah. never show that. Yes. Even if he felt it. Yes. And so this, like, manifestation of id is, like, really sexy. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the telepathic opposite. Oh, my God. Fine. Because it kind of happens in both universes. Yes. I really liked it. I too. I love the parallel. <laughs> like, Elizabeth Boyle, th- I say this with, like all the sincerity, even though it sounds like I'm being facetious, she crafted Uh this book. Like it might not have depth. It might not have plot. It didn't need it. She thought this through. Like where are the parallels? What am I trying to say about this character? It has hidden depth, even where it's not trying to clearly, if we're talking about like feminism and Freud during this review, I'm like, so into her as an artist. Yes. Which I like, I know. Sign me up. I know. So this sex is he's with the heiress. She's with Rockhurst. They're on opposite sides. Kind of in love house. with her? Yeah, Rockhurst is kind universe? of in love with her in alternate universe. Yeah, this is true. So they're, you know, on opposite sides. And instead of her, like, even talking to Rockhurst, she just, like, looks over at Sebastian and she's like, remember how it was with me? And they just, some, he's like, yes, I do. And they just, they like, cannot look stop at each other. Eye contact. Like, she's, like, touching her necklace and, like... Yeah being all about it. I was just like, and yeah. like, it's implied that she actually has an orgasm. It, 
Like during the opera? <laughs> Implied, yeah. It was, um, which is the first in alternate universe in, in real life it's universe. not when she's Charlotte they are still yeah. eye fucking across an opera yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is not implied yeah. she has an orgasm so the um, one downside I would say is that in real world so real world Charlotte and Sebastian never consummate their love can I tell you something tell me I forgot that <laughs> I finished this book yesterday yeah and like there is so much sex yeah. as mistress yeah. them that like I can't fault that real them do it the right the, way the one thing the point? like real them would have waited I for know. marriage well there is this really hot scene in the library in real world where like, they almost do it. Yeah. They come so close. It's really hot. It's so hot. And, and honestly, if, if I don't want to say they had to consummate the love, but if, if one of if there was a culmination of some sort, then I would have neither would, of them have an orgasm is what's upsetting Meg right yeah, now. Yeah. 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 That's, that's basically it. But like, I kind of, I liked it. That they didn't, and like, I'm overthinking this fluff book. Like, clearly I would have liked it if they did. Don't get me wrong. But I liked the contrast mm-hmm. between, yeah, like, how, like, clearly they were going at it, and they yeah. weren't thinking about slowing down. But I feel like even in alternate universe, they would have find a, found a way to get each other off in that time frame that they had. That's true. And I liked that real world versions of them upon getting caught realized, oh shit. Yeah. Because it's the contrast. It's like the who are It's you? true. It's I don't true. know. I but just, I will say I love because I, oh my God, I just love this part. So they're basically like at point non plus, like against the, the door. And then all of a sudden her best friend is like, Charlotte, where are you? And she's like, they're both like, uh-oh. So they step away from each other. And then he, she opens the door, but he's behind the door. And she's like looking out of it. Because his, he's got some situations yeah, he can't to deal with. he can't appear in public. <laughs> and um, she like reaches back and she's like, Feeling it his up face. behind the door. It's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. Um, also... I know we've talked about my love of digs and Egyptology before. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sex and Libraries is up there. Yeah. Like, look, Atonement is a garbage movie. Mm-hmm. That YouTube clip is absolutely in my history. Like, give <laughs> me libraries or give me death. So, in other words, this hit quite a few spots for us. Yeah, that's a way to put it. I Like, honestly, though, I really recommend this. It was sexy fluff, but it was thoughtful sexy fluff. It, it's it's really, really, really fun. But, like, if you want the plot to make sense, pass. Yeah. Because what plot? And if you want, like, really... If you really want to see two characters fall in love over the span of several months and you think that they're really well-suited, that does not happen here. No, like, literally, they go from not knowing each other to an alternate universe where they are in Dang. the middle of hooking yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's and then great. back to real life where she's like... She's got all this memory and history and... And he maybe sort of kind of does a little bit for two weeks. <laughs> he keeps accidentally calling her Lottie. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm done. I'm, yeah, I dig it. Me too. Um, recommended. Anyway, enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>